0: StartupRad.io, your
1: podcast and YouTube blog covering the German startup scene with news, interviews, and live events. Hello and welcome, everybody. This is Jeff from StartupRad.io, your startup podcast and YouTube blog from the German speaking startup scene. Today's interview is brought to you again by StartupRaven.com, the most easiest and efficient way to look for investors and cooperation partners. Today, I do have a guest, Ta-da! no surprise here, but we will talk about marketing and advertising together with Gerhard. Hey, how you doing?
0: hi you Hi, Jörn, thanks for having
1: me. Totally my pleasure. But be- before we get started with all of what we have ahead of us, you are based in Munich. Can you explain to a person not from Munich what a Weißwurst-Frühstück is. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: are uh, absolutely happy to do so. Um, Munich is the probably most of you guys have heard about it from the Oktoberfest. So it is the place for great beer and for great Weisswurst, as you was saying, and a Weißwurst-Frühstück. It's basically a white sausage breakfast, if you would translate it literally is um, literally the breakfast we have here in Munich very often in common, Saturdays and Sundays before 12 o'clock. That's very important. It needs to be before 12 o'clock. Why? Because there's quite some history behind it that uh, back in time, the sausages would only be fresh until 12. So um, compared to a normal sausage, it is one that you need to cut up, remove, so to say, the layer, um, and then you have a wonderful... Uh, white sausage with some uh, sweet mustard and what we call a wonderful pretzel. A pretzel. And um, that in combination is uh, a classic here in Munich that you can get everywhere. Um, and I'm more than happy to share some recommendations on the best restaurants we can get them.
1: We We will link them down here in the show notes. He'll send me the links afterwards, plus it is uh, on the weekend, it's legal even to have a beer with that, even though I personally prefer the ones without alcohol in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) You are, Gerhard, one of the three founders of Global Savings Group. And before we get into any confusions, this is not a micro savings fintech, you're completely in a different space. I would not completely exclude you from a little bit, the FinTech surroundings, because you're also dealing with sales. You're also dealing a little bit with finances, but most of the time you are more uh, what people could describe as a really huge affiliate network, even though I realize you don't like the the term affiliate, right?
0: Yeah, that's absolutely right, Jaren. So um, in essence, in essence, what we do is uh, we're a, you know, you could call as a media intent company or a lead generation company in the wider e-commerce space. So what do we do? Um, on the one side, in, in essence, we connect consumers uh, with advertisers, advertisers who really, you know, the big, the big brands in the whole e-commerce space that want, uh, sort of say, they, they, we all daily, you know, do our purchases on from Adidas up to eBay, up to Amazon. And what we do is, um, look, we connect um, consumers um, by actually through our you know wide variety of portals. Um, our core offering is all around helping consumers to make better purchase decisions. So you know it offers and ranges from you know cashback portals that we operate. Um, you know we have quite a variety of discount portals on couponing um, where you basically are able to get discount codes um, up to. You know, what we uh, let's say call product recommendations, where, you know, we have our hand picked deals and where we will basically advise consumers on, uh, so to say, deals that cannot miss out. And, um, uh, you know, in, in essence, you know, the, the core mission of the company is all around helping people to have a better life by actually enjoying these type of opportunities while actually. At the same time helping you know our advertising colleagues and clients to actually get access to a wide consumer base
1: and that's a bit how we connect
0: the dots and lead generation is at the essence of
1: it mm-hmm. um uh, talking about the retailers and brands i found on your website adidas ikea lenovo nike hnm booking.com Sepura, and ray-ban just to name a few so you're not necessarily working with the smallest guys, even though I do understand that even smaller merchants are your clients. Going a little bit before um, Global Savings Group, we may uh, abbreviate as DSG. You know, I love the TLAs, the three letter acronyms here. And I found that you've gotten around quite a bit. You did a PhD. And you worked for Siemens management consulting. Interestingly, in Munich, in Sao Paulo, in my old, uh, in my old town, Beijing, where I also lived and Tel Aviv. What did you do there? What did you learn there? And most interestingly, why did you jump ship from a management consulting position at Siemens to start a marketing technology lead generation company?
0: Yeah, no, it's a great question, and uh, uh, there's no logical there's no logical connection, but I'll, I'm I'm happy to share a bit the story. So um, let's start with let's start with uh, you know uh, the my studies. Um, so I uh, graduated um, here in Germany uh, from a business school, where, by the way, I also met in our math pre course, um, so to say my. Today's co-founder colleague, okay. So that's uh, the first uh, connection. So we studied together, and uh, business, and um, you know, uh, I was basically, to be honest, a whole PhD thing. Uh, I was a bit younger than the average, so I started with 21, and I didn't want to get into work directly. So I thought, okay, how can I extend the good student life for a couple of more years? Um, and, and 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 honestly, you know that uh, did, did a PhD, but um, that was, a, you know, I would call it a very practical uh, PhD. And um, look, that's actually where I met uh, through, because, you know, Adrian, who basically I met them at university, went uh, to McKinsey, um, another consulting company. And that's how we met the third co-founder um, through the McKinsey network, because those guys met at a coffee machine. Um, and actually report from, uh, you know, doing slides for, uh, you know, big corporate companies. And, um, uh, you know, that's a bit how the circle in terms of how the three of us connected uh, came. And, um, yeah, look, I think um, Siemens Management Consulting, why the hell did I go there? Um, look, I had a, quite a big passion for renewable energy, for actually alternative energy, for, you know, there's a lot of movement, a lot of obviously um know great technology development that was actually in israel um working on solar energy powers uh, towers so there was one type of technology then you know in sao paulo um, we were working on a project where we would actually build across the whole amazonas a um, high voltage grid so basically once half through the whole country and so on so i loved, i loved the whole energy sector um i didn't love the management consultant part too much though and um, as a result you know like four years down the road uh, in the big corporate doing tons of projects um, you know i met again with the two guys who actually did you know their mckinsey stuff and we met for a beer and we figured we we're all kind of tired from drawing slides and from doing you know consulting but actually want to try something or else and own our decisions and um, somehow you know get get our own ideas into into real life and not just on a PowerPoint slide. So hence, you know, we we more or less all embarked on what you would call a classical leaf for six months. And um, during those six months, we, you know, uh, this is, two, by the way, this is 2012 uh, in terms of timeline, right? Uh, the whole German ecosystem for, Let's say startups and the venture capital in general was pretty at its infancy, all right. And uh, you know we were we were having our so of say package of ideas um, of what we potentially would want to be able to do, um, and um, went and met different you know incubators in Berlin, um, you know exchanged ideas. And one of those um, you know is, uh, is a very familiar character, at least here in Germany. Uh, internationally probably also known under the name of Rocket Internet. So we met with Oliver Zamba, um, and um, he basically told us, look, I don't like your ideas, <laughs> but I I kind of think you guys could be kind of a cool, <laughs> a cool team. And, uh, you know, we kind of went into that whole craziness of his and thought, hey, look, this guy has done tons of successful companies in the past, um, you know, one of the most famous serial entrepreneurs we, we had you know, back in time, probably still now in Europe. So with him, um, we started our first company called Drop Gifts. OK, and this is how we entered. It was uh, more or less a idea that Rocket Internet brought forward. And uh, it was all about uh, social gifting. Um, I'll spare you the details because it failed miserably after four months. Um, and, and after four months, you know, there was one realization, which was, you know, um, a lot of the consumers that um, actually were trying to somehow interact with our product, which basically would enable, you know, through Facebook um, to get access to uh, gift cards that you could send to your friends. Um, we figured that they didn't want to send gift cards to their friends, but they actually want to redeem gift cards themselves on our platform. And hence, we stumbled somehow through this experience into the whole area of loyalty, couponing, gift cards and cashback. So it was more or less, you know, we stumbled into this. It wasn't, you know, that we went and found a miser- you know, a problem that we had to solve for the world. But, you know, it was a big coincidence and
1: here we go. You just met a guy who said you straight in the face. I don't like your ideas, but I think you're a cool team. <laughs> and you went with him. <laughs> I would have loved to be a fly on the wall during this conversation. <laughs> Okay, I see. And that was the time a global savings group was born just in Germany. Um, even though I realized you guys, uh, did quite a lot of acquisitions over time, but that's something we'll get to. Um, what was the basic approach you started with, um, for Lead, did you already start as a lead generator for merchants for brands?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So the the, the basic approach we took um, you know again I um, would like to highlight this was 2012 when we started um, so to say this adventure. 2012 the concept of break was massive. so Brazil, Russia, India, China. So the first the first thing we did was we looked into the couponing space online coupons okay so literally to explain it uh, very briefly it's a concept where you literally um, as a consumer get access to um you know the best online coupons uh, from a wide variety um, of big brands and you can redeem them at checkout um, and thereby save some extra money and um, we started with that concept in brazil and in um, india and we piloted it there Um, launched the product, tested it, and wanted to get a feeling um, if we um, sort of say get good traction there, because in Europe, our feeling was that the whole concept and idea is pretty saturated. Um, And look, and what happened was we got very quickly a lot of traction. Um, We felt that um, from day one, the whole market, right? When you talk about the wider market in this space, you know, and there's, you know, unfortunately, not a great terminus to coin the space, but, you know, I would maybe call it, um, you know, intent-based media. If you want to use that wording or commerce content, it's another way to describe it. But literally, we figured that this whole space is highly fragmented. So there's tons and tons and tons of small sites competing in every market, but there's not like a lot of big reputable companies doing that. In the US, we saw there's like one or two, you know, major lighthouse um so to say brands and, and sites that were already out there, such as recruiting and rewards, and, and they served a bit as a role model for us. And and hence, you know, what we did was we started in BRIC, where we were very successful in Brazil, in India, partially in, in Russia, didn't do China. And then as we took the learnings, we rolled it out across all of Europe. And in 2018 we even went out into the US um, where we're now active as well.
1: Hmm. Hmm. I see. See. So basically, you, you you started the company in Munich, but uh, your was at first not your main target. Are you still active in India or Brazil? So yes, we are
0: active um, in both markets. Um, and um, you know, we're we're active with our own websites, but we're also active, and, and this is you know one 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 important angle. I wouldn't call it another pivot, but it was a great addition, um, which was at some point we realized that um, there was a lot of value by actually partnering up with the largest media companies in every country. So with other words, um, what we do as part of our business is that we have strategic partnerships with uh, the largest nationwide media publishers such as IG in Brazil or um, you know one, um, time, one times India, India in, in India. And um, what we do is we actually host our white label solutions, a white label product uh, within their overall um, system, connected very well with their audiences, and actually offer uh, deals, discounts, coupons for these publishers. In the US, you know, uh, it's with a CNN Business Insider. So um, really, we look for the large nationwide media publishers that have a lot of traffic and audience. And that has worked incredibly well. Mm-hmm. It's a great new revenue stream for media companies to basically finance journalists, and hence something that, why I don't like the word affiliate, because it's, you know, even media companies are doing affiliate as one revenue stream. And, mm-hmm. and that's, I think, how in general terminus of affiliate needs to be perceived. It's a way to, you know, sort of say, uh, generate, uh, uh, sort of say, a revenue and, and in a way to, uh, monetize it's a monetization description but it's not a good way to describe a business model and um and hence you know look these media sites um are uh, or media partners have been a a fantastic have been fantastic for for both sides to to
1: scale further the business um within europe
0: but also you know as i said in the us
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i see so basically there's uh a would you say your competition is still very much factored? So yes,
0: I would say it consolidated a lot. So the entire market is consolidating, um, which means you know we're we're by far GSG today in this space is by far in Europe factor factor five to ten the largest player. Um so that was, you know, when we started over time seeing this, you know, fragmented setup, the opportunity that we saw. By actually combining it, but professionalizing, by making sure that the content that we also provide is highly curated, is high quality, and thereby provide you know great experiences for consumers, but even more importantly, to create a lot of trust for the advertising brands that uh, collaborate with us to ensure that they feel that they're getting you know uh, relevant traffic, traffic that is trustworthy, um, and I think that was that was very important um, because you know if you have tons and tons of small players it's very hard to control that if you have one big player or a couple of big players it's much easier to collaborate also for big advertising brands such as you know I- ikea and ebay and all the ones that you've been mentioning uh, mm-hmm. before
1: so um it's it's a shoppers reward and i realized you actually you guys are big in Europe but not as global savings group um, you do different stuff like in different verticals, on different levels, however you want to call it. I found it interesting that you bought several companies. So you're driver of the market consolidation. 2015, I am bull in the Netherlands. 2019, Um UK pouch, which is a browser extension. I found this very interesting. Um 2020, French cashback company. Um, How is it pronounced? I would pronounce it, I growl. Yeah. Igral. Igral. Yeah. And in 2021, you bought Shoop, a Berlin based, uh, company. And with all of them, you kind of got different products. So in the UK, you're mostly active as pouch. Um, and in, in, in France, you're, uh, mostly active as Igral. How does this all work together on one or another level?
0: Yeah. No, that's a great question. So I think one way to structure this, um, and make it a bit more simpler to understand is you can literally say there is a one common denominator which is um, our products are there to help people have you know, a better life and particularly by helping them to save money um, and do that in a very fast and effective way. And um, that, that that's a common denominator for all products and on the other side we have a common denominator that we work on the advertising side with the same type of brands very specifically. Now. How to structure this further is you have two different layers. So we have a B2B and a B2C, so to say, portfolio. On the B2B side, we talked about you know, media companies which, whom we're partnering up and where our product you know, is um, a, a wide label integration um, for the benefit both of you know, news publishers um, so they can also monetize their existing audiences better. Um, while while we actually add um, that to the uh, advertiser mix, and we're adding to that product portfolio. Right, so right now we just you know deployed another product um, for news publishers. Um, it's it's sort of say a product recommendation element where together with the, the editors we're writing the best deals. We're writing about here are five things you know that you should have. Um, as you kind of move back into a home office or move away from home office. So there's a lot of product recommendation topics that we're working at um, together with media companies. And on the other side, all right, there's the whole B2C portfolio that you were talking about, um, which, you know, um, are sites that are running under their own brand. um, And what we do there is we're really trying to consolidate the market for um, cashback, cashback, Slash loyalty That's how we call it internally. But in essence, what those brands do is very similar. All right. And it doesn't matter if the touch point is a browser extension that automatically helps you to never forget your cash back or that automatically, you know, applies the best coupon. This is what we do, for example, with pouch. Um, and um, we have exactly the same type of browser extension on the um, and, and what we're doing is we have one technical platform um, that basically powers these different products. And um, in in essence, the user experience is, however, you know, the the core idea is as you go and do your shopping, you know, we give you part of your money back, right? That's in essence a cashback experience. And a lot of the experience today is like that, and we're building on top to actually make sure it's more than that in the future. Um, So we really want to make sure that whenever you go shopping, it doesn't matter with which brand, we'll reward you. Okay, it could be in the form of a cashback. It could be in the form of points. It could be in the form of, you know, giving you some extra couponing, some extra gift cards. That's our true ambition um, when when we think about this. So it's a B2B portfolio with news publishers and on the other side, our B2C portfolio. And in combination, all right, we're particularly in Europe, but also in the U.S., um, you know, driving over two to three billion of GMV. Um, for our advertising brands. So we're really, our vision is um, in this space to build um, a smart alternative to the current GAFA channels. Um, so li- literally, you know, um, a true alternative marketing channel um, where brands can sort of say invest in, in new customer acquisition. But particularly, and this is pretty important in, in how to convert their existing consumer base better. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think if you think about us, one thing to differentiate is a we're not doing classical advertising okay we are not these guys with all this different you know click banners where nobody knows anymore where to click and uh, all the fatigue that comes with it okay that's not our business we're also you know not like you know uh, social media platforms where you go for entertaining and then suddenly you click on a link and end up right that's also not our business our business is very much value driven for consumers so people come and don't even perceive it as advertising because if you take a cash or a coupon you don't perceive it as advertising and the other piece is people come to our sites to shop mm-hmm. they don't come for entertainment they come for shopping
1: mm-hmm. and so it's very intent-driven. we may add for our audience that gmv is gross merchant value so that is not your revenue but basically all of the merchant on the platform, what they in total generate on revenue on this platform, and then you get a share of that. Correct. Huh. Great. Um, and we, just one more question before we check that box. Um, you talked about one technology platform and your business with the publisher brands is also connected to that? That's correct.
0: That's, that's exactly what we're doing. The way we look at it is, Every experience that we are able to build and that helps consumers on either the B2C side or the B2B side, we directly want to be able to replicate it left or right um, because it adds value. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, 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 it's exactly as you say. Um, we're working towards one integrated platform where, so to say, we can exchange content offerings mm-hmm. as we see fit.
1: Mm-hmm. Um- I was wondering when we talked about the acquisitions, um, you had some funding, but it was not even 80 million the last time I checked Crunchbase. Um, very interesting investors, uh, 79 million dollars it was. Um, I was wondering how you funded those acquisitions. Do you have um, one big fund that actually is interested of helping you to consolidate? And this is their... Uh, buy and build, build and buy strategy, or are you actually um, using your own proceeds out of your operational cash flow?
0: Yeah, no, great question, Yuan. So, what we're doing is we're doing a combination of things. So, you know, there's not like one fund um, that, uh, so to say, helps us, but it's um, a combination of equity from either. You know, existing shareholders, um, there's quite some debt that we normally also leverage. Um, So we work with different banks um, to actually um, facilitate transactions. And then there's our operating cash flow, given that the company is profitable, that we're utilizing. So a combination of those three plus, you know, um, for some of the deals, we obviously also have a a share package. So we Mm -hmm. also do it by exchanging shares. And um, that's the mix we're using for our acquisitions in the past and um, to a certain extent, depending on the size of the
1: acquisition, the mix varies. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a bit how you can think about it. So far, uh, what I could find, you have funded until Series D and your investors include Global General Capital, TRP Global, HV Capital, Group M6, Rocket Internet, DTCP new enterprise Associates, and headline is that correct? Did, did I forget somebody important that's
0: No no you haven't forgot anybody It's more that um, there's one or two who we um, sort of say uh, no we're not the newest you know but 10 down ten years down the road so we have um, one or two who basically left the cap table okay that either we founders um, bought out. Okay. Or other investors bought them out. Um, so classical secondary transactions, um, uh, the rest of the names is correct.
1: For our audience, secondary transactions is when you just sell shares. Basically, what you usually do um, as a VC, you invest money, you get additional newly created shares, but the secondary is just handing over shares. Very simplified. Um, uh, I was interested in your expansion in Europe and the US. I realized you are market leaders in France, UK, and Germany. You're active in more than 20 countries. But what have found especially interesting is you had a press release in April 2022. You hired a CTO, a CFO, a CMO, a head of HR, and a PR director. Um, and they had experiences from companies like Zalando, Freenow, Scout24, uh, Flaconi, West Wing Rakuten, and inno games that actually is an indication that you prepare for another level of scaling is that true
0: so yes um the you know what we felt was that um, the opportunity in this space um, a lot of it we believe is my you know building out organically the business and the, we're now 700 people right um, uh, and um, on the other side, um, by actually managing further um, acquisitions through M and A. Um, and what we felt is that we're coming to a critical moment where, in order to grow the business further, both organically and doing further M and A, we need a, you know, we need to complement the existing team with additional, um, so to say, very experienced teammates. Um, and and thanks God. Um, they are proven to, you know, basically helping us on every of these dimensions, and um, and and hence you're completely right. So um, we, we're looking forward to grow the business uh, strongly further over the next three years, and um, uh, you know also making it um, professionalizing it further mm-hmm. on, on every dimension, right? Uh, be it be it on, on the finance side. Be it that we believe that our product and tech efforts, you know, as we integrate more companies, things don't get simpler, right? Building that platform concept requires quite a lot of experience so you don't get lost. And um, we do believe that the space is in heavy need for innovation. Okay. So, um, hence, we brought in people that also bring a lot of experience from companies such as Kanana, right? Um, that has been a quite interesting company, innovating over, you know, different uh, over many years now in the fintech space, right? And uh, we, we felt that it would help us a lot um, to sort of say, potentially also go further from where we are today in terms of how we look at the product, to expand also in other areas, and and we brought this knowledge now into the company and um, definitely feel that this was much needed and is helping us a lot now um, over the next three years uh, to hit uh, so to say the next s-curve um, if you want to call it mm-hmm. that
1: way. so far um you've reached 20 plus markets i took from your website 400 million visits annually uh 11 plus million members and 3 million transactions a month this is pretty big but as you said you want to grow organically um, are you also open for companies that currently are hit hard by Corona if they want to sell themselves? Would you be open to uh, look at potential acquisitions?
0: Yes. So in general, we're very open to continue the buy and build strategy, which means, um, you know, companies that are active in our space in the adjacent space are, <clears throat> you know, are, so to say, companies we would be happy to look into. Um, you know, independently if they hit by Corona or if they in general feel it's a good moment to potentially take a next adventure, um, or, or then look for, you know, a professional partner. So, um, you know, in the past, we've seen that there are different narratives why, you know, companies also mm-hmm. want to p- potentially engage with us in, in a cell or in a strategic partnership. So, yes, absolutely right. We're more than, more than happy to have a look at, uh, you know, companies that feel like they could add to our journey and where
1: we could add to their journey. Mm -hmm. Um, Let us now change a little bit the perspective, because we always talked about Global Savings Group, your platform, your expansion plans. But let us take a step back and take the view of a potential customer, because we already heard the big names like Adidas, IKEA, and so on. Um, The big corporation partners like CNN, El Pais, and so on. Um, What size does a merchant have to be in order to make sense, to join you? And what can they expect from a partnership with you guys?
0: Yeah, no, that's a great question. Jan. So in general, you know, it's, it's, we, we don't limit by definition per, by size, right? I mean, um, the way to think about it is we're a performance marketing channel, which means you only pay if a transaction happens. So your risk to work with us is incredibly low. And, you know, depending on your, specific problems um, that you want to achieve, right? I think the essence of what we always say is we're really great in generating sales and driving conversions for our partners. That's that's so to say a bit our USP compared to other channels. In terms of what they can expect, um, like so no size criteria per se. Okay, we always look at the partner individually and you know and uh, you know I can tell you we have on average if you take a country such as Germany, France, Spain, right? We partner up with up to 3,000, 4,000 different advertisers, all right? So we cover quite a variety um, in terms of, you know, smaller size companies as well as the very, very big guys. Um, in terms of what to expect, um, onboarding on our platform is incredibly simple, okay? There's not a lot of work to be done. Um, I think the core thing is to have a really good chat up front, what to expect. In, in other words, um, what problem do you want to solve? And, um, you know these can come from you know the classic ones that you know customers come and ask us for right it's new customer generation is uh, reactivation of customers it's about you know making sure that um, we get um, sort of say more conversion reduce the card abandonment rate all these kind of classical problems that you know I, I would say every e-commerce site uh, works on and, and depending on where you stand you know um, you know, we have different solutions for it um, across the product portfolio that we offer. Um, what to expect, what we normally see is quite a big chunk depending on how we set it up, um, what we can deliver is, uh, you know, like new customers is something we always obviously optimize for, but also um, we see normally the partners that work with us get, you know, up to 20 to 30% of uh, basket uplifts because we try to optimize for campaigns in that direction, um, but actually, you know, triggering cash back, At certain limits, or same with coupon codes, Um, we can trigger specific product categories you're particularly interested to sell that maybe you know you're currently having the inventory and want to get rid of. Big topic at the moment, right? If you think about it, everybody that you're forecasting on inventory based on Corona times, Um, and now e-commerce this year uh, is far off from the Corona peak times, right? So consumer confidence has dropped quite a bit. So a lot of our current discussions with clients is. Um, how can we help to get that inventory out? Okay. And hence also, for example, like Friday will play a massive role this year.
1: Mm-hmm. In that I hear a lot from the e-commerce side, from the merchant side, from the brand side. They have problems to get all the inventory. But if they already secured it for Christmas, um, you're the guys to talk to when they actually want to sell it. Um, out of curiosity, do you also see certain peaks like, um, uh, Amazon made now up their own shopping holiday in summer, like prime days. Uh, their Cyber Monday, Black Friday week, also getting popular here in Germany and in Europe, uh, together. And of course, Christmas, uh, like, like the biggest, um, holiday, the biggest commercial event that we have, especially in Europe. Um, do you see certain peaks there?
0: Absolutely. So for us, um, you know, before, Is by far the most important quarter of the year, and exactly out of the reasons that you just said, right? There's, um, you know, on the one side, Black Friday, that is by now a not only pure US event. I mean, uh, it basically traveled from the US to Brazil, a massive topic in Brazil by now. Um, It's big, you know, I would have never expected it, but it's big by now also in Germany and France, and, um, you know, all. All big advertisers are pushing that. Then you have 11.11. Let's not forget about that, particularly when you think about mm-hmm. you know um, Southeast Asia. It's, it's you know, a single day,
1: right? Uh, it's the 11th of exactly. November and it's single stay um, kind of a version where you give other singles a little bit, I would say, like Valentine's Day as it is celebrated more in the US. Yes,
0: I would say it's a good and fair description, right? And it's uh, basically driven by Alibaba and um, look, crazy, crazy, you know, what happens on that day as well, right? So I, I think it's fair to say, you know, Q4 is massive, right? It's uh, by far the biggest uh, season peak. Summer period is normally a bit slower, right? So um, that's that's also very clear. You know, good weather um, uh, doesn't help. <laughs> <laughs> and um, then you literally can say, you know, everything you know, um, Mother's Day and, you know, all those Valentine's days and all of those classical days um definitely also a more, you know, we can see them mm-hmm. as
1: well. I see, see. So it's very seasonal, very regional. It's also something we see in our podcasting as you said a uh, good weather is not good for podcasts for internet radios uh, Then we grow usually very slow or not at all and then it really picks up end of september beginning of october and it gets really red burning hot between end of november and christmas and then break complete break <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly yes exactly. Um, I, I would have had a f- a lot more questions, but we're recording for already more than 37 minutes, which is more on longer side for our interview. I just want to wrap it up um, with two additional questions. Number one, um, not nah, maybe three. Number one, are you guys currently hiring? Yes, we are. Um, you know,
0: Across across many roles, um, you know, uh, we are very flexible in terms of our working policy. So there's a lot of remote working possible, hybrid working possible. So absolutely, have a look at our sites. Um, you know, is uh, quite particularly engineering roles as usual, but also you know across the board marketing mm-hmm. editors. Sorry,
1: absolutely. there's just a siren going off here. Um, they they're testing it. Um, here. Uh, really sorry about that. And the second question. Are you guys uh, looking to add additional investors to your circle of investors? So look, right now we're,
0: you know, we we keep on being profitable. Um, and, um, that doesn't mean that we are not, you know, given also our M&A ambitions, always on the lookout for, um, you know, sort of say additional funding when it comes down to M&A. So yes, the answer is, is, is yes. Um, but, you know, driven out of our buy and build strategy.
1: Great. So only thing left for me to say, everybody who would like to learn more. You can go down here in the show notes, have a look at your LinkedIn profile at the company website. And um, everybody who would like to learn more can reach out to us and we will have you back in the interview. Let's say next year when we announce the the next big acquisition.
0: (laughs) Fantastic. You're looking forward to it. Totally. My pleasure. Have a great day. Bye bye. Thanks a lot for having me here.
1: That's all, folks. Find more news, streams, events, and interviews at www.startuprad.io. Remember, sharing is caring.